rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore, since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together, as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue with the opening hymn, hymn 507, Holy, Holy, Holy.
The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Father, dwelling in majesty and mystery, renewing and fulfilling creation by your eternal Spirit, and revealing your glory through our Lord Jesus Christ, cleanse us from doubt and fear, and enable us to worship you with your Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, living and reigning, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from the sixth chapter of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Chapter of Acts. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your holy ones see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and knowing that God had promised him an oath, that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, but that all his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we're all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise to the Alleluia. according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, 
For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. We continue with our Christian confession with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only God, the Son of God, the God of His Father, seated for the hymn of the day, hymn 571.
God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. I don't know if you've ever had one of these dreams. I think I have. I can't really re recall um, anything specific, uh, but... Uh, the, the dream is kind of like this. It's your first day of school, and you get off the school bus, and you notice you're in your underwear. Right? Or maybe you go to some event or something like that, and you look down, and you go, how in the world could I have forgotten my clothes? Or maybe you've actually been to an event where you went, oh, my gosh, I, I, I did not calculate this correctly. I'm totally underdressed. Well, those are vulnerable feelings. And when you have the dream and it just keeps on going, like if you have to walk around and, and just ignore the fact that, you know, you're not dressed well enough by any stretch of the imagination, um, boy, that's kind of an uncomfortable thing. In our Old Testament reading, we see such an event where Isaiah is... He gets translated up to heaven to see some things, and he sees God. Now, let's not, uh, let's not get confused. Isaiah did not see God in his complete holiness. God, God gave Isaiah an opportunity to see things without him dying. Was Isaiah totally underdressed? Absolutely. Absolutely. Isaiah had no business being in heaven because God shines brightly in all his glory and it over it is overwhelming so to anybody who might say that God isn't gracious kind merciful all of these things you're sitting here in the holy sanctuary and you are going to be able to leave even though we are all severely underdressed I'm not commenting on your clothes or anything like that. It was the same realization I think Nicodemus had to come to when he went to Jesus, and Jesus was telling him one of those things that's very uncomfortable. You are Israel's teacher, and yet you do not know this stuff? You don't understand earthly things. How will you understand if I tell you heavenly things? things. Nicodemus was severely underdressed, and he got dressed down for it a little bit. But what was God's response? What was Jesus' response? Jesus did not send Nicodemus away in shame. Jesus continued to explain things to Nicodemus. Isaiah got a coal brought to him. You talk about a bad dream. You show up in heaven, severely underdressed, and then an angel brings a hot, burning coal to you and puts it towards your lips and actually touches your lips with it. And then he announces to Isaiah... You are pure, your sins. Let's see, let's get the words here. Um, see, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned for. All right, I'm totally lost. I got cold touched to my lips, and now I'm, now I'm told that I am forgiven. It's just like when you step off the bus, somebody kind of sees you, you're standing there trying to, you know, be modest. Someone sees you and just kind of nonchalantly walks up to you and goes, there you go. Now you got something to wear. Makes all the difference. I got something to wear. I got, I'm covered. And this covering goes all the way back to Adam and Eve, right? When Adam and Eve said, 
Uh, yeah, we didn't show up today, God, because we were naked. And the problem is, they weren't dreaming. They had woken up from the dream that God had given them. And it just completely turned everything upside down. Adam and Eve knew they were naked. But what did God do? Well, he had some things to say to them. But he clothed them. And this is what God does. But if you don't know you're naked, then you run around like, I don't know, was that king with no clothing? The king, what, what's the name of that, that book? The emperor, yeah. And this guy convinces the king that walking around naked's the thing to do. But you're really not naked. I mean, you're clothed with like the best garments and all that stuff. People just can't see them. They're so good. They're so good. You're totally naked, but people look at your nakedness and say, well, I know he's got to have clothes on because. And they put their trust in this idiot who can't sow a lick. And you got to give it to this idiot. He is, he's sharp to be able to convince somebody that they've got clothes on when they're naked. Well, look at the world. People walking around with clothes on, but they're naked. And sometimes you see that. You see that people can't see what they're wearing. See, you get to see that with other people. Sometimes other people don't see it, right? Do you see your nakedness? No. It may be as simple as barn doors open. Now, when you get older, come on. Right? Huh? Walk around and, you, and, and like if you're, and I don't know how you get to see, you know, but you realize, man, I didn't, I didn't finish the job this morning. I don't know if that's more of a guy thing than a gal thing. I'm pretty sure it is. Because I've never, well, anyway, never mind. However, that just illustrates, this is just a clothing thing. What's God's point here? You have to, to die to live. You have to understand. And those people who walk around like they own the place have never said, I'm sorry, have never had to say, forgive me, have never realize that there's something out there greater than him. And how could you not? You don't understand everything. And, I mean, my, one of my examples earlier was electricity. I, you know, I go and I turn the light on, and I expect that light to go on. If it doesn't go on, I'm in trouble because I don't know what to I'm not, you know, electricity can kill you unless you know the rules. But if you don't know the rules, you know, that's a stupid thing to mess around with electricity. And it's a stupid thing to mess around with all kinds of things because we don't have the knowledge. And even if you do have the knowledge, you know, you have, I've, I've heard people out there on scenes, I'm an excellent driver. Well, not today. But that's all right. That's why they call it an accident, not an on purpose. Just remember that if you get in an accident. It's an accident. Don't go yelling at that person. They didn't want to do that. It's not an on purpose. It's an accident. And that's because all the faculties weren't there or we were making bad decisions or we weren't paying attention or we were looking at the phones. Stop that. I saw that this morning. It scared the daylights out of me. That person, I was passing them up. The whole time I was passing them up, they were looking down. I was going, aren't you going to look up? But somehow, they thought, I got this. Take some booze and drink it. I got this. Not a problem. Until they don't wake up. Then, 
That's a big oopsie, isn't it? Especially in the spiritual realm, when you wake up and you realize that there is a spiritual realm, and you realize that there is a heaven and there is a hell, and you realize that all that messing around you did, not paying attention, calling the, the people who go to church hypocrites and, and saying that you're better than, than, than that and God is just a myth and all of that stuff. And then you wake up to eternal suffering. That's about as close as to fire and brimstone this Lutheran preacher gets. But it's enough, isn't it? And by the way, that may alarm you thinking about that, and especially when you're not used to hearing it, you know, it's there. It's an alarm that we all need to be aware of. However, we have seen our nakedness, and we have called upon our Lord God. And what has He done? He has responded to us with a building with an opportunity to worship Him with baptism where you are washed. You could be burned, I suppose. Uh, maybe elders, we want to meet and bring up some new rituals where involving coal and all of that stuff, burning coal, maybe not. But for the Old Testament, it was circumcision. And there were some, there were some things where God instituted some things that bound us to him and baptism is one of those as a child mom and dad it's an it's a natural response boy we want this child to grow up we want this child to be healthy we want this child to be successful we want this child to do all of the things that we would wish for ourselves how can we get god to bless this child how can we get this and you bring them to the altar and you have them baptized and the Bible says he who believes and is baptized shall be saved and we want that so much for our children so we bring them forward and God honors that and then as they grow up in years we bring them to instruction and you yourself have been brought to instruction where you come forward and you're not offered some like burning coals or anything like that sometimes you're offered some not so good wine oh my gosh i've suffered purgatory of the altar you know several times and one time uh it was some really horrible wine and um and everybody knew that it was horrible wine and so they bought some better wine and what did the pastor do he didn't want to be wasteful so he combined the horrible wine with the not so good wine and came up with a concoction that I know that Jesus never wanted us to taste. Nevertheless, it was offered and we received knowing that the, the, the intent is that when it passes our lips and goes into our very body, this is the body and blood of Christ, we are purified. See, just like, just like the prophet in heaven was purified in his sins, atoned for, what he did is he realized that he was naked, he realized that he needed help, and he came forward and he said, God, help me, a poor, miserable sinner. And when that happened, God responded and clothed him right away clothed Adam and Eve even though he wasn't happy with their choices is he happy with our choices all the time no but what does he do he clothes us with the blood of the lamb and he pronounces to us that we are pure and our sins are covered and we go well that's that's kind of a neat thing but even way back in Isaiah's time Isaiah's sin was atoned for by whom even before it happened by Jesus 
Jesus is the atoning one. Jesus is the one. And what did Jesus have to do? He had to suffer and die. He had to complete the law. Because, going back once again to the visit to heaven. When we die and we go to heaven and God shines in his, in his complete glory we will be able to withstand that because we'll have new bodies, we'll have no sin, and we will see, we want, there will be no nakedness in heaven. We will see completely who we are. You know, just like Paul and his imagery when he says, when I was a child, I acted like a child, and now I look in the mirror, you know, and I turn away and I forget what I look like. Or even when you look in the mirror, you know, uh, I've used this example a lot too. You know, you look in the mirror, mirror and you're, and you know, like you're combing your hair and you see a muscle twitch and you go, well, well, you're not as weak as you thought you were. Look at those muscles. And you might entertain yourself a little bit by, you know, when you're smaller, right? Older men don't do that, right? <laughs> now, and you probably shouldn't because you, you might pull a muscle, you might hurt yourself, so don't do that. I mean, if one twitches, just enjoy it, right? And then get done with your job, and, and, you know, for me, maybe it's better that I don't look too long at myself in the mirror. I'm not putting myself down. I'm just stating the facts. But at any rate, when we go to heaven... Things are going to be such to where we can see all of this stuff. We don't hide things from ourselves. We don't have to prop ourselves up. We don't have to prove anything because we are, we will truly be who we are. And this is after years of saying, I'm not, I'm just not, right? And the older you get, it just keeps ratcheting up. The things that you used to be, that you're not now. And it's just, it, it just increases. Or you get sick and you realize, man, when I was a little kid, I didn't get sick. But then you see that there are little kids who are sick. This world is falling apart, but what, where is your identity, your security, and meaning? if it's based in the foundation that you are a poor, miserable sinner, and we say that all the time, and it sounds decrepit, but it's true. We don't know enough to save ourselves, and we can't know enough to save ourselves. And so we're always reaching out for help. Help me. And we can indeed help one another. And... When we are God's children, we get in a, in a better condition to help one another, right? Or even relate to one another. We have to be in a life of continual confession and absolution. One lady, she experienced a divorce from her husband, and that, this guy was a piece of work. He, he actually was so bad, and he slipped up one time. The FBI got involved. And thank God for that, because, because then he realized, ah, maybe I shouldn't harass my ex-wife. But then he got married, and she's sitting at home going, that knucklehead got married. And I said, excuse me, but you should be feeling sorry for her, the one that he did marry, because there's a lot of blindness going on here. He met her on the Internet, right? There you go. And I said, but you know, the person you need to think about is yourself. I said, what if the right, what if the right one came up to your door? And knocked on it. The exact right one. The one, he has a certificate from God saying, I am the right one. This is how right he is for you. 
and you're sitting there and you don't have your clothes on or you got gowns on or, you know, whatever, and you're petting your kitty cats because she had a lot of kitty cats. And she would get so depressed that we wouldn't see her. For, and then I'd go by her house and I'd try to look in the windows. And then I was going, you know why I was doing that? <laughs> exactly. I was afraid that she wasn't alive anymore. But I couldn't even see in the window. She had them buttoned up so tight against the thing, you couldn't even see through, you know, everybody. You can see that if there's a light on or something like that, and you go, okay, there's a light on. Or maybe you see a shadow move, okay, all right, that's fine. Puts you in a real situation for number one. You know, I'm really virgin on being a peeping Tom, but for the right reason. And when you finally reach her, you know, you, you realize that she's gone through some tough times. But I told her, I said, I said, if this guy knocked on your door, would you be ready for him? And she went, oh, I guess not. And that was the right answer. Even if the right guy stepped up at the right time, she wouldn't be ready for him because she's not taking care of herself. We have that problem at times. We don't take care of ourselves. How do you take care of yourself? Well, you ask for help when you need help. You do. And when you, when you sit there, you know, with the shades drawn and all of those things, you don't just think bad things. Yes, you do, but you're not supposed to. You have it in you, right? You're sitting there and you're, and okay, go back to the dream analogy. You're sitting there uh, you're standing outside the bus and you're completely naked and you see this and you just stand there and you go, I'm so naked. I'm so terribly naked. Nobody else is naked. I'm the only one naked. Nobody naked's like I do. It's a horrible naked. It's not even fun. And you just dwell on it. Boom, boom, boom. Bombing yourself from all directions. Nothing good comes out of it. You just go further and further and further down in the dumps. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but it's commonplace. It's easy to do. You might, you might, and you know what? The thing of it is, is some of this stuff can be very true. But you better find a sense of humor, right? Because that's who you are. And you better reach out. and You better ask God to help you so that when God begins to clothe you, and what does he clothe you with? Mercy, grace, peace, identity. Yeah, I know I'm a poor, miserable sinner, but I'm God's child, right? That changes everything. God's children are pure. Their sins are atoned for. And in that is a little bit of a get over yourself thing, right? Because you got to get up. You got to do there's no way you're going to be ready for Mr. Right if you're not taking care of yourself at home, if you're not praying, right? If you're not seeking God, if you're not reading Scripture, if you're not... Because I know, I know for me, when, when, when I was seeking someone, I wanted the darkest hole I could find. Somebody who just suck all the life out of me. That's what I wanted. No. And those people who are Christian, who are sitting there all depressed, and, and you know, you can't wait to see somebody. You don't call anybody, but when somebody comes to your house, you just, you just envelop them in your, in your black hole. Oh, they, they want to come visit you all the time then. No, they walk out going, oh, my gosh, help me, take me out of here. You know who is there to encourage you, to be with you all the time? If you just listen to him, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You want to know what your next step is? 
be still and know that he is God. Right? You look left and you look, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I'm going to do next. But then you realize that that's not the whole picture. You're a child of God. Yes, you got off the bus and you saw it. You messed up. You were naked. You should have gotten dressed. But even getting dressed sometimes is not enough. And then someone comes and clothes you. And this, this is the lead in this story. We are all naked before God. And instead of sending us away in embarrassment, God clothes us. He clothed us by sending his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And then, when Jesus was done with his job, and you've all heard why Jesus couldn't hang around, because we'd hang him again, we'd kill him again, we'd slaughter him again and again and again. Why? Because he's perfect and we're not. But Jesus then goes, sits at the right hand of God, which means He's the, he's the right-hand man. He's very, very active. And the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit enters us and instructs us and reminds us. Are you going to sit there all day? Yeah, so this happened. That happened. Yeah, you're a poor, miserable sinner. Who doesn't know that? Everybody is a poor, miserable sinner. You're not alone. Now, what are you going to do next? God says this to Isaiah right away. His sin is atoned for, and Isaiah hears that his sin is atoned for. Maybe his lips are tingling a little bit. But even in the midst of that, he says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, and God in his almighty power and robes and cherubim and seraphim and angels, and they're all saying stuff. You know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Heaven and earth are full of his glory. And, and God turns to little underdressed, little naked Isaiah, sinful Isaiah, and says... And who will go for us? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah probably doesn't even think. He just immediately sees his situation. I was a poor, miserable sinner, and I still am. I was lost, but now I'm found. And I'm a little lost, but I'm found, right? I'm joyful. I'm ready. I'm exhilarated. Why? Because I'm clothed properly and I know it. Why? Because God himself has said, you are clothed. That's it. You're my special child. You know. Who am I going to send? He's pointing at us. And we go, well, send me. I can do it. And we're like his little child again. I can go to the grocery store and I can get you a can of peas. I can do that. Or I can do whatever it is you want me to do. Why? Because I was lost and now I'm found. You see? And, it, and that situation doesn't change. Even though when we get older, we go, yeah, 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 I know. I got to go get the peas. Yeah, I know. I got to go forgive that person. Yeah, I know it. Don't, don't even say it, I know. And the newness of being sent kind of leaves and it becomes more of a drudgery. But at those times, remember, remember, Christ suffered and died for you while you were yet sinful. And, and that still is in effect today. Even though you may say, yeah, Jesus suffered and died for you. Oh, no, we come to church and... And we hear, Jesus is born. Jesus is risen. And we can get bored of that, 
unfortunately. This church can be a lot more full. But there are people who say, you know, the church just keeps saying the same thing. Jesus is born. Jesus is risen. Well, I'm going to guess those people go to church twice a year. I mean, there's some other stuff that needs to be said. But you know what? Jesus goes out with you. And you always need to listen in the Holy Spirit. God, the Father, the Holy One, looks down from heaven. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you need. And he says, listen to me, my children. Listen. And this is what Jesus did, too, a little bit of that. Nicodemus, you got to be kidding me. You're a religious teacher. You need to know this stuff, man. And you're not getting it. There's so much more I'd like to teach you, but you, you suffer from knuckleheadedness. And so we need to continue to listen, meditate on God's Word. Yes, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want. Of course, we're blessed. We have more clothes and money and cars and vacation time then we know what to do with let it not translate into so little time to listen to the one who has blessed us in heavenly places let's not forget let's not cordon off well this is life and then this is church let's not come dressed differently to church because we want to hide what we do every day. Let's not do that. Because you're not fooling anybody. When you're naked, you look naked. Right? So clothe yourselves in righteousness. That whole thing, right? There's that imagery of clothing ourselves in the garments, ready for spiritual battle, ready for all of these things. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's continue to call out to God who clothes us in ways we have no idea. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rock. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord of hosts, your ways are inscrutable and your judgments unsearchable. Through your word, give us an ever-growing understanding of the depths of your riches, wisdom, and knowledge that we may glorify you forever. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of hosts, you gave your only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Bless the work of missionaries as they carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. And bless the work of your church that many may hear of your love in your Son to be saved through him. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of hosts, have mercy on those who would deny the new birth of water and the Spirit to infants and children. Open their eyes and hearts to the fullness of your grace that they would no longer hinder these little ones from being born again and seeing your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, we give thanks for those who have served our nation through military service and we remember with gratitude those who gave their lives for us and for the cause of freedom. Help us to honor their sacrifice by using our liberty responsibly. Keep safe all who travel. Bless our nation and help us to protect and increase the privilege we have for those who follow us, looking always to you, from whom these privileges come. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, Uphold 
um, Al Norton, who uh, has prostate cancer, and Linda Lilly, who has back problems, and indeed all of those people that we continually hold before our eyes in the bulletin, and all others who suffer in our midst by your truth, that since you are at their right hand, they cannot be shaken. Gladden their hearts, cause their tongues to rejoice, and make their flesh dwell in hope. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, take away our guilt and atone for our sins by touching our unclean lips with Christ's cleansing body and blood, that we may not be lost, but abide in your holy presence forever. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with the offertory. Uh, lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, who with your only begotten Son and the Holy Spirit are one God, one Lord, in the confession of the only true God, we worship the Trinity in person and the unity in substance of majesty co-equal. And therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. King of all creation, for you have had mercy on us and given us your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In your righteous judgment, you condemned the sin of Adam and Eve, who ate the forbidden fruit, and you justly barred them from and all their children from the tree of life. And yet, in your great mercy, you promised salvation by a second Adam, your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who made his cross a life giving tree for all who trust in him. We give you thanks for the redemption you have prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may fully eat and drink of his, the fruits of his cross and receive the blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation that come to us in his body and blood. Hear us as we pray in his kingdom and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
we rise. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Close with hymn 506, Glory Be to God the Father. Announcements. They got a workout this morning. Okay. Is it involving coals? Hot burning coals? Okay. Okay. I was just checking. Okay. Uh, any other announcements? Um, goodies over there and then uh, come back here and we begin yeah we begin Ezra so um, uh, so that's the name of that tune all right let's rise for the mission statement as believers in Christ, St. Stephen Luther Church is committed to serving God by sharing the good news of Christ with all people. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thank you, God.